Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. On the 1st of January 2023, how was your New Year celebrations? It's so good, isn't it, to mark the end of one year and then the beginning of another. And I'm sure some of you stayed up way past midnight last night, but then some of us probably uh, went to bed way before midnight. So if you're on the chat today, why don't you just let us know what time you got to bed last night? Well, we're all another year older and hopefully a little bit wiser. We've learnt some things. Um, But we need to be very grateful for that, don't we? It's such a privilege to grow old. So I've titled my message today, Salted Simplicity. And I'm sure some of you might be wondering what on earth that could mean. (laughs) So let's dive straight in and read the passages that have helped me form this message. Luke 14, 34, Jesus says, Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In Matthew 5, 13, he also said, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? There's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Now, salt was a great teaching tool for Jesus to use in Israel because it was something that was used in daily life. With the closeness of the Dead Sea, salt was readily available. And our verse in Luke told us that salt was used for two things commonly in a household. One was for the manure pile as a disinfectant, I guess, and the other was in the soil. So we have in the salt both an antiseptic and a fertiliser. To remain salty as a Christian should have both of these effects on our lives. It should promote growth and health, and it also should have a purifying, cleansing, antiseptic agent in our lives as well um, for, yeah, just that cleansing effect. And also then, he said, we're the salt of the earth, so where we go those two elements should also follow us. So how can salt lose its saltiness? Hold that thought and let's read the next passage. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 to 4. And this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian Christians. I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, You seem to put up with it easily enough. Sincere and pure devotion to Christ is the goal. The combined meaning of those words is simplicity. And what I love about that is that means it is easily understood 
and it is uncomplicated in form and nature. Paul is saying, I fear that you're trying to complicate something that is uncomplicated. You're trying to add to the purity of the gospel message. And if you keep doing that, you will end up with something that no longer resembles what it's meant to be. And it will be changed in nature. And in, its, in that case, it will have no power at all to save you. Back to the salt. Salt was purchased by weight. Where there's money to be made, we know that there's opportunity for dishonesty. Yes, scams existed in the first century. <laughs> Those selling salt would sometimes add sand to the mix so that the salt obviously went further and they'd made more money. A little sand may not be noticed but too much sand and that salt becomes absolutely worthless and there's no way of removing that sand. <laughs> it's no longer good for anything. It would be thrown out onto the streets and as Jesus said, trampled by men. So salt then loses its saltiness when it's mixed with other things. Your salvation is based on Christ alone. It's uncomplicated in form and nature. It does not need to be prettied up or added to. It is stunning in its simplicity. And I just want to remind us today at the beginning of 2003 what we actually have in Christ. Sometimes we get so familiar, we forget how valuable something is. And we all are surrounded by materialism, aren't we? We get caught up in it. Something that we loved last year for Christmas may end up on the junk pile on the side of the road this Christmas. It's a little bit like a New Year's resolution, which can be defined as something that's in one year and out the other. <laughs> a little bit of attempt at humour there. But... We need to resist it, this when it comes to our Christianity. Charles Spurgeon once said, it's not about teaching new revelation. It's about reminding us of the ones that we may have forgotten. So here's three things that I want to remind you today. The first one about your salvation is your righteousness in Christ. Romans 3, 21 to 24 says... But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets have testified. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Righteousness in the old covenant came by doing. Righteousness in the new covenant comes by believing. This righteousness is the baseline for our new identity that we have in Christ. Righteousness is a being word before it's a doing word. This should give us so much confidence in our life. It gives us confidence to approach God 
because we have Christ's righteousness. And it also gives us confidence in how we live our lives. And this is a humble confidence. It's not an arrogant one. Humility is knowing this righteous standing that we have is a gift from God, not anything that we've earned or deserved. The second thing I want to remind you about is our freedom in Christ. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We live under a new law, the law of the Spirit, which is life-giving. Galatians 3, 23 to 25. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So if we don't understand this freedom we can spend our lives performing for God, doing things for him instead of doing things with him. If we don't fully grasp that we've been set free, we can live like we're on parole. <laughs> that one wrong move and we'll be back in prison. That is not freedom. And a misunderstanding of this freedom might also make us have the thought life, well, that means I can do anything I want. Well, I would say you haven't really understood the grace of God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. In Titus 2, it helps us understand this, where we stand. Titus 2, 11 to 12, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. And so this verse tells us that grace is our teacher and that implies a process. Grace teaches you... <laughs> Some things will drop off your life quickly when you come to Christ. Other things will take time and learning. But in Christ, our mistakes are redemptive because we can learn from them. Our salvation is not under threat. The perfect requirements of the law were fulfilled in Christ. Wholeness and transformation, honesty and authenticity now are the goal for us. The third thing I want to remind you about this morning is our union with Christ. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Bill Johnson has said, Practicing the presence of God is using our faith to recognise the one we live in and the one who lives in us. It's no longer I 
but we. Jesus prayed in the garden before he went to the cross that we would know this oneness that he experienced with the Father. He said the words, Father, that it will be I in them and you in me. <laughs> that Christ actually dwells in our heart by faith through the Holy Spirit is the pinnacle, the absolute wonder of the Christian faith. You know, in January 2019, I was in worship and I was in a little bit of turmoil. I had been giving an, given a new role to fulfil and I felt unqualified for that role. I was praying to God and I was saying, I don't know if I can do this. I want to do a good job for you, God, but I just don't know if I've got it. <laughs> and when I went quiet, he spoke to me very clearly. He said, don't do it for me. Do it in me and through me. So what he was telling me was, do it out of your union with me. <laughs> it's not you anymore, Donna. It's us. Oh, instantly I felt lighter. <laughs> I felt empowered by his presence in my life. And I think that is how we are to live. In the sacrificial system, as soon as the animal was killed, it was salted to preserve the meat. You know, according to Romans 12, we are to live, offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God. And I believe we salt our sacrifice when we read his word, when we talk about Jesus, when we remind ourselves of all that he's done for us. We get back to the simplicity of the Christian life. You know, when I think about Jesus and the life he lived on this earth, his strength to endure incredible physical pain and punishment for us, his emotional strength to stay true to who he was, even under incredible opposition, you know, his heart to reach people, those on the edge of society. You know, he crossed every barrier that society had put up, age, race, gender, to sit and talk with someone. Great strength and sensitivity usually do not coexist in men, but they did in Jesus the way that he simplified the law for us to one commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as you love yourself. And then giving us a new command, something uncomplicated in form and nature, love one another as I have loved you. There's never been another like him. And this is the man who lives in you, the one who, your saviour, the one who lives in you. You know, if we could allow him to live through us, I have no doubt that our world would be a better place in 2023. 
You know, if you're listening this morning and you have never received Christ into your heart, but you believe that now might be the time, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And you can pray along with me in your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am with all my faults and failures. And today, I want to acknowledge Jesus, that he died on the cross for my sin. I receive his forgiveness. I receive Jesus into my heart. And I pray that you will help me live my life with you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to reach out onto our link and our prayer link and let us know. And we, we would love to support you in that decision to receive Christ. For the rest of us, may 2023 be a year of salted simplicity for all of us. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.